catching the vibe of this rap club. So hide in no room, no concern. I see you sleeping, wake up. I'm taking beds off to burn. No, we don't know to relax. We live in Cody and Zach. I'm about the squad where you at. Hey everyone, welcome to the newest episode of On That Note with Parker Whirling. Strap in for an extra long episode today with the incredibly talented Who Is Jordan, all caps, no spaces. He's a hip-hop producer, rapper, and multi-instrumentalist based in Nashville, Tennessee. He's got two new singles out right now called Where Ya At and Talk featuring Dante Williamson, and you need to go check them out on Spotify right now. Before we get the episode started, please make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow me at Parker Whirling and at on that note underscore podcast on Instagram. And on that note, please welcome Who is Jordan. Before we start the episode, I want to tell you guys about something new that I've been drinking called Up to Good. They're a sustainably-minded brand making sparkling caffeinated drinks from upcycled cascara. If you don't know what cascara is, it comes from the exact same plant as coffee, where coffee beans are the seed and cascara is the fruit. This is what gives up to good its distinct tea-like flavor and also what naturally caffeinates it, which has been amazing for late-night writing sessions when I need a little boost without the jitters, you know? They offer three all-natural flavors, cascara mint, lemon ginger, and hibiscus berry. My personal favorite is the cascara mint that I have right here. If you want to check them out, they're on Instagram at uptogoodenergy or order from their site, uptogoodenergy.com. You can even get $5 off their sampler box, which includes one of each of their sparkling caffeinated drinks by going to their website, uptogoodenergy.com and using the promo code OTN five off that's otn the number five off all caps no spaces so make sure to go to their website up to goodenergy.com and use that promo code otn five off for five dollars off their sampler box right now what's up man nice to meet you nice to meet you too dude i'm excited that we could make this happen yeah this is cool bro thank you for like reaching out and like checking out the music man that like means a lot yeah, like a of lot, course. Bro. Yeah, um, gotta give a shout out to Bo and Krista for hooking me up, letting me know about your music. They're awesome. Uh, big love to them. And uh, yeah, Bo was like, "You gotta check out his music." And then I was like, "Huh? Wait a second. You have the same last name as Krista." I was like, "Are they related?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, they're cousins." I was like, "Oh shit, let's go." And so yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah, man. Nah, Bo's Bo and Chris. I mean, like Chris is my cousin, of course. I love her, but like Bo right. for sure. Like that's my guy. So yeah, yeah he's man. he's such a cool dude. Um, and you know, I really only got to know him because I knew Krista first. We worked together. Oh. Um, and then we we started hanging out, and I was like, oh wow, this guy's this guy's dope. He really knows like his art, and he's really got great taste. Yeah, where would you guys work together at? Where was uh, it? the music studio in Vinings? Uh, shout out oh. to the music studio. Uh, so they, they teach. I was teaching kids uh, like okay. guitar, drums, bass. Also, if anybody's listening right now and you're hearing this buzzing in the background, it's cicadas because I live in the south and they're fucking loud. Dang. So <laughs> please forgive me. I can't control the cicada population here in Athens. Yeah, those cicadas be crazy, bro. I'm from Maryland, and like they hit like Maryland maybe like 
shoot like nine years ago and them joints are like wild <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. at some point like you kind of just drown it out you don't think about it that's true they will be like really loud it's insane. Yeah. yeah but yeah man thank you for coming on uh i'll give you the the intro we got who is jordan aka jordan williamson here with me uh hip-hop producer rapper multi-instrumentalist based yes, in nashville tennessee stoked that you're you're on you got uh two new songs everybody needs to check out where you at and talk featuring yes, dante sir. williamson um came out april 22nd and july 22nd uh respectively i always like to start talking about uh like the writing and the recording process behind the newest projects that have you know come out by my guests so with these two songs um how was your approach creatively when you were making these compared to maybe previous releases like your last album good luck have fun yeah man wow um i think i said it before but again thanks for having me on bro i appreciate it so much um yeah man like where you at started with that one that was definitely like the a process that i never really did before something very different um usually when i like make songs or make albums i like lock myself in for like x amount of months and i just don't show anybody or really talk to anybody and every single thing that i do is just coming from my mind and like it's a good way to create because you do get like a amount of um amount of like genuineness to it it is very pure because you don't really have any outside opinions but when that happens sometimes stuff comes out and you look back and you're like dang i wish i did that differently or somebody points out something that you didn't think about you're just like oh man i didn't even see that so with where you at um i had some of my friends over and i was trying to figure out like what's my direction after good luck have fun like good luck have fun is a very um sample based very like bar based it's very hip-hop at like its core, like what hip hop is to me, boiled down is what good luck have fun is. And you know, at my heart, I'm a, I'm a musician, so I'm like, how do I elevate? Like, how do I take the next step? How do I continue this path without just doing the same thing again? Um, so I played a bunch of different beats for my friends, and most of them just weren't good. <laughs> and <laughs> we're, yeah, it's crazy. Um, and where you at was like the last one that I played for them, and they were like, man, that's that's it. So I was like, okay, let me just try to do something to it. And it was a long process, man. Like, try to get the hook right. Try to get the verses. I, I wrote, like, four or five different verses um, to the first verse and the second verse. I did different hooks. The arrangement was different. And it was just, like, a long, tedious process. Because I, I think when you're working at, like, the edge of your ability and you're also trying to achieve something new, it's always just going to be... Um, there's always going to be tension in what you're doing. It's always, it's always like a paper that you're pulling and it's not ripped apart yet, but it's like super, super tight. Um, so that's why I feel like a lot of that process was was just recording a lot, um, switching the beat around, changing the beat. I added stuff. I took out stuff. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, I think I think the number one thing that I was trying to accomplish with that song was just. Um, Something that people is just just know that's catchy that people can just sing quickly, you know that pe- you don't have to think too much about it. Like, but also something that has bars in it, and you can break down the lyrics and and and, and really decipher everything and, and and get something more than just what I'm saying out of it at the same time. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that was that was a process for where you at. 
I love what you said about the visual of tension uh, yeah. when you're pushing yourself to do something that maybe is more of like experimental compared to what you've been doing in the past. Because uh, I do feel like, you know, genius lives on the edge of like yeah. just on the edge of your ability because if you strive for that and you you know you teeter that line you'll come up with something that even you are like holy shit i can't believe i did that for this song um or for either one where you at and talk were there moments where you felt like you you found that uh that tension or like you you perfected that tension for you personally yeah yeah um i think the first moment that comes to my mind with with where you at and i can talk about talking a little bit but especially with where you at the second verse i had something completely different it was like a very much like bar heavy i was just rapping because in my head i was like all right the first verse is more melodic and stuff and i'm doing different things i'm like let me just do what i usually do but the first verse was so good that just rapping on the second one just it it just kind of lost the momentum of the song. So I was like, what do I like do to, to kind of push it forward? And I just literally remember playing the song for like two minutes. And then I just started like humming and figuring out everything. And I probably got the second verse in like f 20 minutes, 30 minutes of just like, still got to tell them they don't know what's up. And again it's weird because like i don't do stuff like that usually I'm, I'm very much like pen and pad but like i was just walking around just singing it and piecing it together in my mind as the beats go in and then as i'm piecing it together i'm also hearing like okay let me take out the drums at that part and just leave it with the 808 and the, the sample and then like when that comes with when my verse does this let me put the drums back in this way so it's like all of this stuff coming in coming at me at once and i'm also doing something that I've never done before, like the, still gonna tell them it was like all that. I've never done anything like that before. So I think that was a moment where I was like, oh snap, I feel like, I feel that feeling of like, I just got to get this out. Like, this is crazy. And also I knew too, like, this feels different. Like this feels like something new and like different for me, you know? So yeah, it was definitely that moment for sure. Sometimes that moment can be scary because it isn't something you've done before were you ever like were you nervous at all when you did it you're like oh this sounds great but it you know how are people going to think about it or did you just know from the get-go like i have to do this this is going to be sick yeah i, th I think it's like a, a blend of both of those because it's like when you're doing something new especially when you're desiring something new you know the newness is just good even if it's not correct at the moment but it, this is just me being transparent. I've always been insecure about my voice. Like, I don't sing. Like, I'm not even really a singer. So I think <laughs> pushing myself to do more melodic things just in general has been, like, a big stepping stone for me because it's, like, it's easy to get on a mic and just start rapping. And, you know, there's melodic inflictions here and there, but most of it's just words and rhythm. And, you know, I'm a drummer, too, so it, it makes more sense in my mind. But doing more like melodic things and like singing with my voice and like singing with my chest and like borderline screaming on where you at that was completely just like left for me you know and even on talk like I the hook is me it's just me like the ad-libs are me too like on my verse like when I'm coming into the doubles and stuff and the melodic everything and the yeah yeah like that's all in me and for me that 
it's scary, man. Like super scary. You know, you just want everything to sound good and to be good. So, yeah. yeah. And it yeah. can be like kind of nerve wracking when you think it sounds good, but then, you know, you show that first person who yep. hasn't really heard you do that before. And you're like, oh my God, are they going to totally trash it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's always like putting yourself out there in any way, especially for things that you're very insecure about is always just hard. Like, yeah. like you said, just like, are you going to trash it? Like, are you going to like it? I've shown some people some things and like I've played three beats and they've either been on their phone or they've just looked at me like, <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm playing the music and I'm just like dang I guess this just doesn't hit you know but the more that you like share and the more that you let people into your process um and let them criticize it and let them like you know have their perspective or their view of the, of the song I feel like that just only helps you become a better artist and a better creative yeah and that can be a an interesting balance to have to navigate because it is important to get other people's opinions uh, on what they're thinking when you play them the song. Obviously, people who, whose opinions you respect. But at the same time, you also have to put your artistic yep. opinion above everything, right? So it's weird. It's like, you know, how do you know when someone else is right or when, or when you're right about something? And with you know eventually you got to make a decision so you got to make the one that feels like the least compromising i guess yeah that's very true that's very true i th I think too it's like where where does everything come from like where is the criticism or the feeling coming from you know do you feel like it's true um that's questions that i'll ask myself like if somebody's critiquing something and you know they could say eight things and seven out of the eight things i'm like i know I know what they listen to. I know how they feel about it. I know this isn't even their type of music. I could just put that to the side. But if they say that eighth thing, and that eighth thing is something deep down that I was already kind of thinking or feeling, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, all right, that's I had a feeling about that. I know I need to fix that or change that, or that needs to be something different. But yeah, it's a balancing act, man. And and I think art is something that we keep so close to ourselves. So just letting other people in on it when it's not finished and done, and you feel like. I can stand on this. What is not at that point is just a very like vulnerable thing to do. I was talking to a friend of mine about showing music to people, like your mm. own music to people that you respect. Like you kind of want to get their opinion on it and it's not done yet. Yeah. And it's funny how within two seconds of showing it to somebody, I know everything I need to change yeah. already. <laughs> it's like, yeah. All those like oh self-conscious things like rear up right when you're showing someone and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have showed them right now. Yeah. <laughs> you're just listening to the passage. You're like, I'm so mad right now. Why did I change that before I showed him? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that shit is, uh, that's rough. But it, it is at the rough. same time, it helps you know what you got to fix. It does. I think like as artists and creatives, we make something that we don't feel like is good because we're so connected to it, at least for me, like, I'm still working on trying to separate, um, you know, the art from just me as a person, but it could just feel like, oh, I'm not good at this, or oh, I am bad at this, or oh, I'm a fraud, I can't, like, that's just stuff that goes through your mind when something isn't good, because it just comes out of us, you know, and I think, like, continually letting people in, to a degree, you know, to, which what makes sense for you, but continually letting people in, just kind of helps you like break more of that up to know like okay this is what I create this is what I do 
it is a part of me, but it's not all of me. You know what I mean? I think that's a important thing for me the last couple of years. And yeah. 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 It's, it is interesting to like not take things super personally and something yeah. that is like the most personal thing to you. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a weird thing to try to navigate as well. I, I do want to ask about the yeah. differences between um, the production and your newest two songs, Where You At and Talk, and your previous album, Good Luck, Have Fun, because I was listening mostly to Where You, Where you At and Talk mm-hmm. until today, and then I, I went through Good Luck, Have Fun, which is awesome, but it seems like there, there was a bit of an upgrade in production style for you. Do you feel like there was some specific things you learned along the way that you used in these new two songs to really like, I don't know, something just feels like really like hard hitting about those two. Man, thank you. I appreciate that. And like, thank you for noticing that too. Um, yeah, man, I, I, good luck, have fun for me. Um, I mean, one, I just wasn't as, as good as I am now just with time, you know, I think that's definitely the first reason, but a lot what I was listening to when I made Good Luck Have Fun was a lot of like Kanye, it was a lot of like Twisted Fantasy, it was a lot of Jay, it was a lot of um, you know, like diplomats, like just sampled old school type of drums and, and Joey too. Like it was a lot of that stuff. Um and that's kind of what I was listening to. But you know, as an artist again, you watch your music to connect and like not everybody listens to that music you know and I realized like even when I'm playing it with my friends like and I'm in the car I'm like this only kind of lives in like a certain atmosphere like this is this is almost like limited and I think once I zoomed out of just hip-hop and I was just able to remind myself that hey I'm, I'm a musician like I came into this playing in bands and in, in, in playing drums and in messing with the piano like this is what I, I like music and after I like expanded it it didn't really put a hip-hop parameter I feel like that's what kind of like allowed me to just try different stuff, you know. Um, I think too, just listening to modern and popular music, and just not copying, but just figuring out like, okay, what are things that people are listening to? What 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 is this thing that this pop person does, this pop artist does that maybe I can like try to do it in this way or try to do it in my own way, you know? And just like kind of be willing to just experiment more and, and just be less concerned with just trying to to make rap music and just making good music. And I think once that like barricade in my mind lifted, I was kind of able to just, just produce more. Um, you know, so a lot of the stuff I was listening to with where you at and talk was like baby Keem, love baby Keem. Uh, yeah, Travis for sure. I was listening to a lot of R and B too around that time. I was listening to indie music. It's a lot of different stuff. Um, just to break up my mind off of just sampled hip hop and boom bap drums and stuff just to try to get some some new energy um but yeah i think that those were like the biggest things that kind of helped me just like take that step forward you know and i think another thing too is just trying not to overcomplicate things like good luck have fun technically is more complicated than two of the singles that i put out like there's so much more going on in Strange and so much more going on in Jetlag and like crazy amount of stuff going on in like Judas Interlude and everything. But being like, okay, did everything need to be there? Should I have cut something? What is a strong song? 
I'm listening to Yeezus too. Yeezus is a very minimalistic. Yo. Yeah. I, I love that album. I love Yeezus. Is that Yeezus behind you? That is Yeezus behind okay. me. I was yes. like, I'm definitely bringing that up. <laughs> yes. 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 That is Yeezus behind me. And like listening to that when I was producing and when I kind of was trying to figure everything out was like, yo, sometimes in Yeezus and some of those songs, it's like four sounds. Mm-hmm. It's only like three sounds. And the song hits. I'm like, how is that possible? Oh, it's about sound choice. Oh, it's about um, um, strong sounds and strong patterns. Oh, like you don't need a lot to make a, a solid song. Most of the songs that we all love don't really have a lot going on. You know, and just trying to like reduce and, and only keep the strongest elements of what my production is at the same time. So I think that helped me kind of just boil everything down and just push everything that I am good at more to the forefront. It also incorporate these modern nuances and and sounds and 808s and samples and and all that different stuff. It kind of just creates something like where you at and something like talk, you know. Totally, yeah. I mean that your album <clears throat> does have a lot more sounds going on, whereas yeah. where you at, like there's not. I mean, I don't know how many tracks obviously were in your your um, your project, but it seems like there's a lot less. Yeah, and when those horns come in. Yes. It is insane. Yeah, and it's like you, this yeah. one sound just like really hits so hard and like basically kind of makes the song like or yeah. gives it that stamp, you know what I mean? And yeah. I was thinking um that just reminded me of I was listening to I think it was Dissect, which is a podcast. I love Dissect. Oh my Fuck gosh, yes. I listened to that today. I love Were Dissect. You, the Kendrick Lamar yes, the sir. song was, oh, yep. Last Song Standing. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just talking about that with one of my guests, and he was going to check it out. But that's that's awesome. You listen to it as well. That guy Cole Kushner. Cole is like, amazing, man. Insane genius. He's amazing. Yep. But he was talking about um, he was talking about how when they were going through Jesus that album, he said Kanye said he had Rick uh, Rick Rubin over to like go through yep. all the <clears throat> sorry go through all the songs, and uh, he was like, yeah, Rick Rubin's not a producer; he's a reducer. Cause he just like takes all the th- all the bullshit that doesn't need to be there, and then highlights the things that are the most important, and that's really what made that album so stand out. And I've really tried myself to to um, to put that mindset in because once it gets cluttered, it's like it takes away from the things that are great. Yeah, it does. It does. It takes away from the things that are great. It drowns everything out. It almost not ruin songs because sometimes it could be a lot and it sounds fine but other times it's like man i just wish it was just this one thing i wish like i could just feel like you know i feel like whatever else is going on is kind of messing it up um i feel like even for lyrics too like i'm rapping more in good luck have fun than on both of those singles like how do i get across what i'm trying to say in less words and make it very direct also nuanced and also you know lined up with how i feel on the inside and lined up with what i'm trying to do and like i feel like i took that same approach to the lyrics but yeah man rick rubin is is crazy though i yeah he's crazy man he's he is somebody i would love to meet before he passes away for sure yeah for sure man he has a that broken record podcast that's pretty interesting to listen to yes sir i listened to that one as well (laughs) Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Just nerds, music nerds. Uh, yeah. Yes, dude, just total dorks. Yep. So when it comes to where you're at and talk, 
what about those two songs, the creative process behind them? Did you, you know, you went through it. Mm -hmm. What are you going to take into the future that you learned from those two songs? Hmm. That's a good question. I think just, just rely on my feeling more than anything else. You know, I feel like where you at got to certain points, you know, whether it was trying to figure out the hook or like I said, the verse, and I wasn't writing anything down on the second verse. I, everything that I was able to record or that really stuck, it all felt good. Like I was, I wasn't too much in my head. I wasn't trying to think about, okay, are people going to understand this line or does, do my vocals sound perfect right here? Like I wasn't that much in my head with everything that stuck with the whole song really. And like, there was definitely so many moments where I was like, man, this feels good. Like choosing the horns, like just looking on, on splice. Cause I get my samples from splice and just hearing the horns and I did chop them, but I didn't chop them up too much. Like I just changed the order around a little bit and I was like, this feels simple, but it felt good though. I'm like, well, if it feels good, let me just go with it. Like I don't need to overcomplicate anything. I don't need to think about this too much. The talk beat was done in like 25 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, and it just felt good. It's not a lot going on with it. It just felt good. My verse was like a 30-minute verse. The singing, it just felt good. Like, I'm just, let me not think about it too much. You know, let me make sure the lyrics are good and everything's on where it should be and everything's falling into place correctly sonically. But as far as like creating... Let me just not put any barriers on myself and just do what feels good for me. And I feel like anytime you do that, you get the best songs, you know? And I think that's like the number one thing I need to just continue to focus on and continue to do. Yeah, really trust yeah. that instinct. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a reason that we feel that, you know? It's not for no reason. Like there, there's there's things inside of us that subconsciously we're thinking and things are telling us like, hey, this is what you should do on this beat, or this is the type of song you need to make. You know, we feel gravitated and pulled towards different things as we're creating for a reason, you know? Um, I think we just need to follow it and telling myself right now, I just got to keep on following it. Yeah, what's yeah. funny is it's really easy to, to like, gaslight yourself into thinking yeah. that you're not, like, that came too easy. You got to yeah. make it, you got to, like, spend more time on it. And you're like, sometimes good things just come easy. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Sometimes good things just come easy. Um, and yeah, I think being artists and being, you know, for myself to a producer and, you know, I love rapping. Like, again, you just want to make stuff so complicated. Like, that's what I was kind of talking about with Good Luck Have Fun. So much of my focus was like, I just want to rap. I just want to get these bars off. I just want to get this entendre off because people are going to. And I was so focused on it. Not that the project's bad, but I just wish I just would have widened my view a little bit more, you know, just in general. And and um, yeah, just allow stuff to be what it is. You know, I don't I don't need to be the best singer. I don't need to be the best rapper, the best producer, but I do want to make the best song I can make. And a lot of times that is just getting aside of yourself and just coming beside yourself and get it out of your own way and just let it yourself express you know even writing things down like there's so many times where i started writing a line and i didn't know where it was going that i wrote another line i'm like this doesn't make any sense and then the third one made everything make sense and i'm like if i just didn't go with that feeling i would have got you know got the lyrics out i would have just stopped it because i'm trying to think too much so yeah man 
yeah, be, be patient with yourself, take a step back and just like feel the feelings and, and know that if it feels right, then you don't need to like tamper with it too much more. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's going to mess it up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, what is it? Don't fix what ain't broke. Is that yep. the phrase? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Flipped it. Um, that works too, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was reading uh, your Nashville Voyager interview, and uh, one thing stuck out to me. And you were talking about like your your work and career balance, about how the biggest struggle is working a full time job and also being a full time artist, yep. which I feel like a lot of people, especially who I've interviewed, can relate to. Um, have there been any hard decisions you've had to make regarding this balance over the years? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think just for me and, and you know, everybody and anybody listening, you know, I definitely understand and I know a lot of us are in the same boat, like you said, artists and independent artists, but I mean, what it's, you know, just obviously it's money, like if I wasn't trying to be an artist and, you know, you just went to college and just got a regular job and you invested all your time in it you probably could make more money but you know that's not what we're put on the earth to do you know that's just not our path um but yeah i think a lot of a lot of hard decisions are less of of work related i feel like work just is a thing that takes most of your time so every other decision you have to make is is is, is just so intense because of the fact that you have to be somewhere eight hours a day right you know yeah it's like i'm married um and Finding time with my wife is, is important, you know, but also getting into my music is important, but also, you know, going to the grocery store and doing regular people stuff is is important, everyday stuff, you know, getting your car fixed is important, and it's like just another, just whatever it is, just like another thing to kind of um, work around, and I think that's the biggest thing for me with work is just like another thing to work around, like it does serve a purpose, it is getting me money, it's getting us money, you know, just to live and, and to be able to do this. Because a lot of opportunities, um, you know, that I've gotten to have been through work, which has been cool too. Um, but at the same time, it's eight hours a day that you're not doing what you feel like, you know, you want to do. So and I feel like even emotionally, that's a hard thing to to mentally balance and emotionally balance. Like, I'll be at my desk just writing sometimes. Like, I'm like, man, I just have to get this get this thought out or I just have to think about or you know I'll be emailing people like you got to make it work I feel like you know you got to figure out a way to, to to do both things but yeah so I think just the hardest decisions is just kind of like everything <laughs> to be honest yeah. you know outside of work yeah I mean what you just said about your you're at your desk and some line pops into you and you got to write it down quick some I mean just being able to do little things like that to make one your your work life not so like soul crushing if it feels yeah that way. to yeah. be able to use that time to help fuel your artistic side is one way to help have you found any other ways that have helped you navigate that yeah um i think the biggest way to help me navigate that is just knowing when to like take a break like i'm so much of just like a work i guess a workaholic <laughs> i hate that word <laughs> i just think it's corny but I'm so much, I just love working. Like, I love, like, working on music. Like, I love working towards something. Like, I'm I'm a very much somebody that's fascinated kind of more so with the process of it. Um, I love just figuring something out. Like, just figuring different songs out and figuring whatever um, creative stuff. But um, 
yeah, I think it's, what was I saying? I completely lost my thought. <laughs> what did you ask me? I'm sorry. Practical ways that yes. you've learned to navigate work-life balance or work-career, yes. artistic career balance. I mean. Yes, no one to take a break. There's so many times where I've had to just make myself take a break and I feel guilty for it. And I'll be like, man, I should be working on something because I'm thinking every single minute that I don't spend, every single minute of free time that I don't spend on this music is pushing me back. Like, that's just how my mind goes. <laughs> like, that's how crazy I am about this. But it's so important to just let yourself, like, rest and let yourself just do other things besides work and music. I think that just opens your mind up to new experiences and new influences, and it just kind of refreshes you. Um, last year, yeah, last year I was – so for work, I have to be up at 5.30 every day. Um, and I get up at 5.30. I get ready. I work 7 to 4, and then I come home, and, you know, that's my free time. But last year I was getting up at 5.30, working my 7 to 4 shift, I would eat, do a bunch of stuff. Then around 8 o'clock, I would be in the studio from 8 until 12 or 8 until 1. Then I would go to sleep and then just wake back up again. And I was doing that every day for months. Wow. That will burn you out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, That stuff will burn you out. So anybody listening that's an artist that's independent or is in this struggle too, please take a break. <laughs> it's okay. Like, it yeah. is okay. It can yeah. feel like uh, you can have that guilty feeling of, of not constantly being on but at the same time like you said you know if you are doing that all the time and not giving yourself a break you're gonna burn out and it's gonna be worse for you in the long run it is it's gonna be so much worse for you in the long run and then what you're making probably just isn't good like the most the most just everything that i've made that is is just i feel like is trash has always been during moments and long strings of being in the studio for eight hours and working on stuff and music for eight hours or having not had a break in two months. Like that's always where the worst stuff starts to happen is just, you don't feel good. You know, you have to feel good and feel refreshed and feel rested. You know, when you get into, into the studio and when you work on stuff and you know, you will always feel that way, but as much as you can, you know, try, you know, rest and sleep is just as important as working, you know? Yeah, because if you're banging your head against a wall trying to make something work, it's going to be more detrimental than just taking a moment to take a step back and look at it with a greater perspective. Yeah, and you're probably, too, going to not like what you're doing as well. Like, I've killed certain songs just by working on them too much and not letting myself sleep. And I fall asleep on my desk with the mouse in my hand and I wake up (laughs) and the song's playing and I'm like, what am I doing right now? (laughs) Like, So, yeah, I think that's that's... Very, very much important. Um, the other thing, too, I think just spend time, and this kind of goes hand-in-hand with um, with taking a break, but just invest time into the people around you as well. You know, like your wife, my wife, um, friends, family, like, yeah. Music is important, and cre- being creative and expressing yourself and, and, and your craft is important, but the people around us are more important at the end of the day. I think that's something that I had to learn, too, like, again for a while I was just studio wasn't really hanging out with anybody wasn't really talking to many people there's a few people that I was talking to and you know you miss out on stuff doing that and that is part of the grind and it is important to put you know work in but you know we're, we're humans at the end of the day like we're made for things that are greater than just our craft you know yeah those relationships yeah. are important to maintain and depending on your kind of personality it can be 
really tempting to just shut yourself in and, you know, say, fuck everybody. I'm just going to work on this one thing. But at the end of the day, you know, you're making these things for not only yourself, but for other people to, to enjoy. And if, you know, those people who you love, who you shut out, aren't there any anymore to enjoy it, then it's yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And like, we we put so much of our personal lives and, and energy and emotions into the music. And we're talking about certain situations that are that are happening, like voicemails on, on Good Luck Have Fun. Like, I'm talking about feeling bad that I'm not connecting with my family and I'm putting it into a song and I could have just connected more with my family. Like, right. It's just like is it, putting this into this song and releasing it, that, that, that does help. That does help you have a cathartic experience and it does help you get certain things out of your system, but that doesn't fix what the problem is. Like, that doesn't fix me not picking up people's phone calls. That doesn't fix like, you know, not texting somebody back. Like, that doesn't fix those things. I'm just talking about it in the song and then... You get out of the, the song or get out of the album and you're like, oh, nothing has changed in my life. I've just been ignoring all the, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, can, we can be stubborn about that. And sometimes it takes writing a song like this or like really connecting to it to really make yourself realize that you need to learn this lesson yesterday, basically. And but at least, you know, the silver lining is that you have learned it, hopefully, You've For created sure. something that other people can maybe listen to and have that mirror shown in front of them. And they're like, oh, shit, I don't answer my friends, my family's calls. And, you know, this is what happens when you do that. And at least at that point, you've created something that can hopefully get other people on the same page that you're on right now. And hopefully you've also taken those lessons and can apply them to the future. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Like it's important to to talk about not only our, our, our good parts of our personality, but you know, also our flaws too and just um yeah, let other people in and let them hear it. Like you said, somebody could listen to a song and be like, Man, or voicemails would be like, Man, like I said, I need to call my family, I need to like reach out, I have to think about this differently. Um Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right on. I think that's a good uh, a good place to take us over to the last five, where I'm just going to yeah, ask okay. you five quick questions and we'll be done. Sounds good. All right. Number yeah. one, in the studio or playing live? Ooh, in the studio, for sure. Yeah? For sure, man. I'm with you yeah. there. What yeah. about the studio do you love? Again, man, I just love the process of creating things. I love when people can experience it live, but... I love just locking in and just getting ideas out. Like I, man, I will sit at my desk all day. I'll just be doing random stuff. I'll be with my wife, with friends that I consistently get creative ideas 24 seven. Like I've woken out of dreams with just hooks and, and bars and, and I just different ideas. Like this just downloads consistently. So I just love getting it out. Cause after you get it out, you just feel light. You just feel like, Okay, like he go about my day, like this is out of my system. I put it somewhere, like let me open my mind up to other things. So yeah, I'm in the studio. And plus like making something and you listen it back to, back to it and you know it's fire, that's the amazing feeling. <laughs> I gotta amazing agree, feeling. man. I'm I'm also a much more of a fan of in the studio because you just taking something that didn't exist, and I've said this like a hundred times on this podcast, but Something mm. that didn't exist, and then suddenly it's there in front of yes. you, and you can listen to it, yes. and nobody can take that away from you, unless you're 
project crashes and every file is lost and then you're screwed which has yeah. also happened to That's, everybody at some point yep that definitely happened to me <laughs> yeah. for sure you, that yeah. makes you grateful when those things work or if it happens and somehow you salvage it and you get it back that's just like that'll make you religious it's an, <laughs> definitely will there's no better feeling than that for sure <laughs> no better feeling especially when you've put in hours and hours right. and hours on it amazing man absolutely yeah question number two what's a perfect album front to back oh my gosh you're asking all the hard questions, Brad. I know, man. I've had oh my 100 gosh. something episodes to narrow down my favorite five questions. So I always like to make them tough. And I just, I could only say one, right? No, no, no. You could say as many as you want, really. Okay. All right. Yeah. First, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Okay. I was going to say what? <laughs> um, for the Yeezus, first one, just of the course. back. Good Kid, Bad City, mm-hmm. front to back, perfect. Um, blonde, yep, front to back, perfect. Twenty two a million, Boney Bear. Oh wow, front to back, Hell perfect yeah, album. Man. Um, man, I almost want to say Twisted Fantasy, but I feel like there's like two skips in there for me. Um, that was one I never like. I've tried to get into it, and oh, I really? just yeah, there's something about it that doesn't quite bring me in. I mean. The hits, I think, are awesome. All mm-hmm. of the lights and um, all the lights is amazing. And uh, what's the big stronger? Is that what it is? Uh, power, 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 power. Yeah, these samples, Daft Punk. That's what I was thinking of. Um, those two, I think, are awesome. But like, I just don't. I can't really listen to the whole album. Maybe it's just too long. And I yeah, I think it's long. I feel like it's just really safe. I think it's right. honestly probably Kanye's like safest album. Yeah. And then I to think. go from that to Jesus, yeah, which is like clearly his most. Jesus is like, yep. <laughs> although, People still you know, hate Jesus. I know it's I, crazy. I, it's my favorite personally. It's, it is crazy. Um. Oh. Uh. Murder Booty Affair. Parliament Funkadelic. That's a front <laughs> to nice. back. The album's amazing. Um. Man, there's like so many more. I mean, uh, songs of the key of life. Front to back. Yeah, Amazing. I've been getting back like, into Stevie Wonder recently, yeah, man. listening to that like four album stretch of like Talking Book, yep. uh, Inner Visions. Yep. What's the it starts three Fs? Fulfillingness first uh, finale remember. or something? Something like that, yeah. And then uh and then yeah, Songs in the Key of Life. And those those albums are like ridiculous. They're amazing and like the amount of genres yeah, and sounds that he was able to get off in all of those albums and still have it sound cohesive is crazy. Like, it's insane. I mean, it's insane. Like, wild. Um, yeah. Like, uh, what is it? Um, the first like <clears throat> the first three or four songs on songs in the key of life. Like the you know, love's in need of love is great. Mm-hmm. But then it goes from that to like. I forgot what the next one is, but there's like contusion, which is like mm-hmm. this contusion crazy is amazing jazz it's jam. Cool. Yeah, and then there's the one. Um, is it ghetto? Ghetto town? Uh, I forgot what it was. I think that, that, that one, one has two names, and I can't remember the other one. Yeah, then it's it's yeah. like this like you know Paul McCartney like <laughs> ballad. You're like, how does how does he jump between all these? Just jump it like seamlessly. Yeah, and he's and like right in. And it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, 
Yeah, crazy man. I de- I want to put a Jay album in there because I love Jay Z, mm-hmm. but he always has like a few songs that I just can't. That I just don't like. I'll maybe say the Black album. Maybe mm-hmm. there's like a couple songs like that. that I'm like, mm. but maybe the Black album. I would say would be front to back classic or front to back perfect. Um, want to do one more? I'm trying to think of one more. That I've been into recently. Yeah, that's oh, a tough question. It's a tough question. Um, people that people probably could argue argue beyond this, but I'll just I'll say this because I've been listening to it, and I can't remember the name of the album, which sucks. And I just <laughs> I, this name does not stick with me. But it's this band Gleamer, and it's Shoegaze. Gleamer. Gleamer. It's their first album. It's 2015. And I cannot remember the name of this for the life of me. It has a blue cover. I'm going to um, look it up right now. It's amazing. That album, Front to Back, there's a couple songs that aren't as good as the other ones, but I think the whole thing... Oh, go ahead. Moving Away. Yes. It has a blue cover? Yeah. Yes. That's it. The first song is uh, Gauze. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. That I'm album, gonna... my I'm, gosh. I'm going to check it out once we're done. <laughs> Yes, please check it out. That album has been uh, um, something that's been super influential recently to me. Very just the cool. sound, the soundscapes are like just it's crazy. But Dude, yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of shocked that you said twenty two a million, but that kind of makes sense because the way he uh, samples stuff and you're mm-hmm. you're into that. So his to Boney Bear is is wild. I got to see him oh, uh, man. Like a couple months ago. Yeah, and it was. He was unbelievable. I like, I knew it was going to be good, but I felt like I was watching an alien transmission happening <laughs> on stage. That's how his music sounds. It's crazy, man. Like, it's so otherworldly. But there's this, like, there's, like, a very, like, vulnerable, like, beauty to everything at the same time. But it's also super cold and, like, at least on 22 a million, there's moments where it's, like, very cold and very produced and the drums right. are, like, super heavy and crazy and distorted out. But, like... It still has this like feeling that just gets to you with your heart. Like I can't mm-hmm. can't explain it, but yeah, I love that album, man. That that's one of my favorite albums of just all time. Like that's another one that was super influential, you know, just song structure and vocal processing and just a bunch of different stuff that he that that, that they did on that. So yeah, yeah, he was he was inspired on yeah, that album. for sure. He for was sure. coming up with some otherworldly stuff. Crazy stuff, and then too, he worked with he worked with Kanye, Justin, of course. So right. I was like, us. Oh, how I kind of found him was like, who's this guy? Listen to his music. I'm like, oh, his music's amazing. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So yeah, he's yeah. on a different level, for sure, for sure. Question yeah. number three is going to be: Who would be your dream artist or producer to work with? Who dream artist or producer to work with? And same thing, you can name multiple. Okay, for sure. I mean, rap it over a Kanye beat would be amazing. I would, yeah. I would, <laughs> I would love that. Um, I always I try rap- to think of a few people, <laughs> and that was who I wrote down was you over a Ye beat would be sick. Oh, really? Nice, nice. Yeah, I would. That would be if if that would if that could happen. Actually, I'm not even gonna say if it could. That's gonna happen, and what it does, that's gonna be amazing for sure. Yeah, we um, manifest here. Manifest it. Um, that would be incredible. I would. I would honestly just love to to play music for Kendrick. I don't want to be on a song with him. <laughs> he, he will wash me in a song, but just play stuff for him and just get his thoughts. 
and just like pick his brain on just my music and just what he thinks of it, I think would be really cool. Um, yeah, I think that would be amazing. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I like Take a Day Trip a lot. I like their beats a lot. Um, uh, is that Lil Nas X's? Producers? Yeah, that's that's their producer. They work with Cuddy on his last album. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, their they have their beats just have like an element of like fun. They just feel happy and like fun. Yeah, a lot of their beats are just bouncy, and I feel like that would be cool. Um, for sure, for sure, I would love to have a song with with Frank Ocean. Definitely. I would love to do something with him. I also have people I just want to produce for. Like I, I love doing artist things, but there's different like other things that I want to do too. And I feel like somebody that would be really cool, like super cool to work with and produce for it. I feel like I could make something that would really be super good and just help them out. I feel like I could do a really good Chance album. Ah. I feel like I could do a really, really good chance album if i was just able to get to the studio with him and just work on some stuff and kind of like produce something that's new but still has that classic feeling that he does a lot that would be cool um yeah i'll just end on chance i think that's cool that's a cool a cool idea that just popped in my head i think i could do a really good chance album for sure has he done anything since the big day i don't know and I don't blame him because that album was yeah, so dude, that bad. was that was a dumpster fire. That was one of the worst albums I've ever heard. Chance, you're cool. I I, I love you. Super super inspiring. But like, bro, that album was not it at all. That it's, album was bad. I mean, I can't think of a worse, um, like a bigger drop. Yeah, like, fall uh, from grace. Yeah. What was the uh, what was it called? The one before that. Uh, coloring book, coloring, book. coloring book. I mean, yeah. it won. I think it won a Grammy. It was huge. That album is great. All the, ten day is great. Acid rap is great. Acid coloring book is awesome. great. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, what happened? Like, like is it was it was it a label thing? Like, why yeah. does that happen? Maybe maybe he was like trolling, and we just you know we're not giving him credit. Maybe there was some behind the scenes stuff, but I f- kind of find that hard to believe. That's extremely hard to believe. And I remember, <laughs> I, I remember I listened to that all the way through. I was driving. Um, I was living in Maryland at the time. I was driving to Virginia because I was, I was with some friends or something. Um, but I listened to the whole album through, and it was. I just couldn't believe that it was that bad. Like it was to the point where like I was looking at my phone, checking to make sure that this was the right album. I was like, "Is this still?" Oh, I stopped on the way back. I played it again because I was like, I have to be missing something. Like this, can't right? Right. Be. I played it. I was like, this is a really bad album. Like, like it must be me. I must be the problem. Oh, <laughs> no, really? Because it's like you have three great projects before, right. and then the fourth that just doesn't really happen. Like, not that that consistent, and then it's a huge drop off. Like that's crazy. Man, I, if yeah. I I don't know how he doesn't just put out a new one just to like take people's minds off of that. I hope so. He's been, been dropping. Years. It's been years. He's been dropping singles, and I hope that the singles have been fine. It's definitely better than the album, but I hope that he does do something else. Because Chance, again, super influential. Like his sound. Like listen to Good Luck Have Fun. You listen to Acid Rap. Super influential for me, you know. And like, yeah, he's a great rapper. He's super talented, you know. So I just, I don't know. I'm rooted for him, but just don't put out another big day. Because right, that's I feel terrible. like there's nowhere to go but up. At this yeah, point. Th- so, at that point, <laughs> he'll have a comeback. He'll, he'll come back. 
hopefully, yeah. Question number four is what's on your musical rotation right now? Whoo! All right, definitely Gleamer. I already nice. said them. Definitely that album. Um, still listening to Mr. Morale. I yeah. Know that one is, what are your thoughts? I personally love that album. Yeah, um, me too. I so I I did therapy last year. Um, that album to me sounds like therapy. So in a weird way, it was kind of like a good like closer for that mm, chapter yeah. of my life. It's kind of that's deeper conversation, but I I connect with that album very heavily. Um, especially Father Time, that's incredible. I yeah. yeah. So I'm still listening to that. Um, Keem, I love Keem. Melodic Blue, great project. Trademark USA is like, dude, yes. that song is ridiculous. Yes, yes. The beats, yeah. The Keem is a producer, so his beats are slapping. And I'm not going to lie. I'll say it right now, but like Keem, in my opinion, like he's the guy. Like he's up next for sure. Like his music is just, it just, I haven't heard anything that sounds just like that. And it fe- has a certain feeling to it that I don't get from a lot of other people. So yeah, Keem is that guy right now. Um, it's pretty unique, his stuff. Yeah, very unique. Very unique. Um Yeah, very unique and very just bold too. Like I like the fact that he still says things, but he just doesn't really care too much. He's just like, This feels good, so I'm just gonna do this on this beat, you know, but there's still substance here and there. There's still some songs with like, okay, this has a deeper meaning, but a lot of it's just like it just feels good to listen to. Like, I don't know. Um yeah, I've been liking more of that music recently. Uh let me see. So Keem. So what else am I checking out? The Burner Boy album is actually really good. It's I've like heard dance of them, hall. but I don't know. I don't know yeah. what kind of style he is. Yeah, it's like Afrobeat. So kind of um, the stuff that Drake tries to do uh, <laughs> with yeah. his popular stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just a lot of that. But he has a song called Last Last. That's really good. Um. What is the name of that album? I think it's like Domani Boy or something i cannot remember but the album's really good though i've still been listening to that it's been a rotation for sure um listening to american football recently too oh cool a lot of that um i'm playing drums for one of my friends and yeah just been listening to that just get inspiration and stuff um yeah and then you always have the you know the regular uh the regular people that are always on rotation like drake i'm always listening to drake Drake is Drake is great. Like he makes good like, songs, catchy stuff. Honestly, never mind. Um, I I think I like honestly never mind for certain situations. Like if I have a house party and have people over, we're just like talking and chilling. That's that album will probably be the first thing I'll just go to. Like, let me just put this on. Right. But for what I want from Drake, I do not want honestly never mind from Drake. I love when Drake raps. I love like all his time step records. Western Road Flows, like, um, Lord Knows, like, Wu-Tang Forever, like, Tuscan Leather. I love when he just goes crazy. And, like, he, I thought he was going to do that on the album. And the way that the cover art looked, I was like, honestly, never mind. Like, this is going to be insane. Like, Yeah, the like, cover is, art is probably the coolest thing about it. It is. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I was like, the cover looks crazy. That I'm listening to the songs and I'm like, these are these are cool. But I'm like, this is not what I wanted. Yeah. And if I want to listen to that type of music, I probably won't go to Drake. I'm probably going to go more to like Burna Boy or WizKid or somebody that like just 
has better music of that, but I don't think it was bad though. I think people are killing it. I don't think it's like that bad, but yeah, I kind of listened to it the first couple of weeks, and then I just was like, I'm good. But yeah, it's been a bit of a thing to just you know destroy that album, and I don't know if it's quite worth that. You know right. what I mean? But right. when I heard the song with the like the bed squeak sample, I was oh, like, which one is that? I, I think know. I know what you're talking is about. Sticky? Though, the <laughs> yeah, like I'm that. Like, yeah, Yo, this is, and it doesn't it doesn't stop. It goes. It doesn't the whole stop. Time. It keeps on going. <laughs> you know what song that I just can't? I don't know why people like this song, and I don't know. Massive. It's the it's the one that has like the little um doop doop. Oh Dude. yeah, it doesn't. That one doesn't stop. That beep. It doesn't stop in the beep. If you listen to the rhythm of everything, it's not on beat. I know it's on purpose, but for some reason in my head, it just doesn't sit like right in my <laughs> head, and I'm like, I can't listen to this song. Um, but downhill is good. I do like sticky. Everybody likes sticky. Um, Texaco Green, I like. There's songs on there that I like, but it's just not. It's not at the top of my list right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. It is. It is a good like. Put it on the background, though. For sure, for yeah. sure. It's not his best. I think that's that's ah. Well, I don't know if I can, cause it's something new. I don't know, but yeah, it's cool. Last question here yes. is: What's your favorite decade of music? Whoo, my gosh. I mean, I know you're into the seventies a lot. I like, I just like everything. I like seventies a lot. So I like the 80s a lot. I love the 90s because that's all the hip-hop. Like, right. But I I probably would have to say, and this is probably just because of my age. Like, I'm 24. Like, this probably makes sense. I would have to say, like, probably, like, the 2010s, I guess. Yeah. Like, I would have to say, because I'm thinking about all the albums and, like, the people like Kendrick, like, Section 80 came out in 2011. Like, Take Care came out in 2011. Like, Born Center came out in 2013. Like, that's J. Cole, you know. Right. Childish was 2013. Chance was 2013. Like, that's all this stuff. Logic, too, was um, uh, Under Pressure. His, like, probably his best album. He has two good albums. (laughs) 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 Under Pressure came out in 2014. It's like, all of that was super influential to me. And I still listen to a lot of those projects to this day, like, yeah, Section 80 I listened to the other day. Take Care is always a circulation. Like, so, like, I would have to say, yeah, I would have to say the 2010s. And then you get, like, Life of Pablo. You get Yeezus. You get Blonde. You get, like, Alabama Shakes, I think. Sound, Ooh, I think Sound that of came Color. Out. Yeah. yeah, Sound of Color. I think that That's was in the 2010s. Album. That's a great album. Yeah, I should have said them for sure. Um, yeah, I think, it, I think it would have to be 2010s for me, honestly. I think there was some really good music. I think we're too close to it to like look back, right? On some like, oh, that was a really. But I think after time has passed and like we get to you know twenty thirty or twenty forty, I think we'll look back at the twenty tens and be like, man, that was really solid. Anti came out in twenty sixteen. That's a great project. Like, yeah, twenty tens for sure. That's not. I don't even think that's a question for me actually. Yeah, twenty tens yeah. is what I usually say, and it's funny. because really? some people forget that. Some people forget you can answer that. Because you yeah. think about the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, 60s. But 2010s also, I think we probably have a bit of a bias because that's when we were, I mean, I don't, won't speak for you. For me, I was like falling in love with music during that mm, decade. Yeah. I mean, I would say so for me too. Yeah, for sure. It becomes like, 
part of your youth in a way you're you mm-hmm. know you're growing up and it's hard to separate that uh objectively but at the same at the same time it doesn't it doesn't matter like that's just what i gravitate towards personally for sure and it's like i think too with music at decades is it if you were if we were you know teenagers or early you know early 10 11 12 15 however if we were that age in the 90s or the 80s we probably would say that time because right Music is made in a time. Like, it does sound a lot like the times. Like, the 70s music to me, every time I visually see something from the 70s, the music just fits what it is. Like, just like you see something from 2012, it's like it fits kind of, oh, that is what 2012 was. Like, you think about, like, ASAP Rocky and, like, wearing black scale and, 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 um, you know, all the cricks and castles and all that stuff. You're just like, oh, that looks like 2012 to me. You think about his music, that sounds like 2000. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think that's just the nature of, of music and art. Yeah, it just like creates the culture that you're living in at the yeah. moment. Yeah, definitely. It's a cool thing, though. Really cool. So normally I would just end there. And I know that this is becoming a long episode, but. Oh, be- sorry. No, 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 <laughs> I no, no, just no. talking. I mean, no, that's, that's what it's for. Um, yeah. But. Now I got to get your opinion on what what you think about uh, Last Song Standing, where we're at right now. Because I mm. haven't been able to talk about this with anyone. Interesting. Okay. Like, what are your thoughts on their picks so far? For anybody who doesn't know what it is, Last Song Standing is like a dissect series or yes. sub-series, I guess, where they're discussing, they're trying to figure out the best Kendrick Lamar song of all time. And they go album by album and decide the best song from each album yeah um yeah shout out cole and dissecting everybody um who is the other dude that's charles this something i, I charles. never knew who he was until okay. this but at yeah. first i was like yo i don't know how i feel about him but yeah i like i actually like how much he's like cole you're such a nerd like, yeah i do like that because <laughs> i'm not gonna lie the last this episode passed when cole's explaining like the nostalgia verse and how every verse is yeah, a brick the, and the like ten tens nine. Yeah, it was like, bro. <laughs> I'm just like, cause I be thinking I'm like, that's really cool, but I'm like, that's not the best verse of all. Like, come on, like, yeah, it's a great yeah. verse, but I'm like, just because he did the, I don't know. Um, their picks are cool. Charles, I, he, I do like, I do like his opinion. He just keeps on bringing up Drake every episode. And I, I don't know, know why he does that. Yeah. I'm like, why are you bringing up? He's like, Drake is the greatest of all time. I'm like, I think there's a conversation with Drake where, like, we definitely need to have a conversation in, like, five years of, like, is he top five? You could even probably make an argument for top three, but you can't. Greatest of all time? Nah. nah. That's not Drake. Yeah. Um, I think he's probably just kind of doing it now to get under. I think so, skin. too. I think so, too. Because he, he's saying some crazy stuff. Yeah, um, it's hilarious. I do like their picks. I don't know. I understand why Cole picked Mother Eye Sober, but I just yeah. was like, that's just not, like, it's a great song. Mm-hmm. It is very heartfelt. It is hard to listen to. The album, that whole album is, like, super emotional and raw and super direct. Like, it just feels like he's talking to you. And it just does have a certain level of, like, sharpness to it, which I like. But I'm like, dog, not that song, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got all the other songs. Father Time makes a lot more sense. A lot more sense. that one. For sure. I'm like, that is, I think, yeah. I'm like, I think that Father Time in a, as a whole explains so much of the album. He talks about a lot of different themes 
that are in the album in that song. The beat's amazing. Beat goes like, so hard. It's crazy. Ken, the pockets that Kendrick chooses to rap in are so sonically pleasing. Mm-hmm. His rhythms and how he lays certain syllables on certain beats and when he changes his flow, it's so like it just feels so good to listen to. Um, so yeah, I don't know why Cole picked that. I feel like Charles has, I think he has a slightly better set. I think yeah, which is funny because I which is funny. I just like vibe with Cole more, like maybe just because I've listened to a bunch of his his dissect seasons. Yeah, but like you know, I I find myself agreeing with Charles more. Yeah, especially like the Dan album. Yeah, yeah, DNA had to be it. Yeah, because. Um, like what else would it be? Yeah, and you know Cole said fear, which I get, but I I love that uh, song too. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, DNA yeah. just goes like so hard, and it has the same kind of like punch of having like a really solid theme the way fear does. Yeah, yeah, it's a great like intro too to the whole like to. When you, I feel like when you're choosing the you know your the your pick of the album, and you try to choose the song that like you think represents the album the best or you think is the best out of the album It's usually the song that like sums up the album kind of as a whole. And I feel like DNA does that like really well. I felt like bad city too does that yep. like really yeah. well. Like father time does that really well. And I, I don't know. I love Cole and I feel like I'm like killing Cole right now, but <laughs> I feel like his, his picks are just too like, yeah, but I'm like I'm a real Kendrick fan. Like I'm on the B sides. Like I'm gonna pick like mother. I sober instead of, or I'm gonna pick like I don't know. I don't know why Cole didn't pick uh, Control though for the latest episode. Oh, you know, I'm not I sure why he didn't. I do haven't that. finished it yet. Oh, um, really? I'm like okay. a little more than Spoiler halfway alert. done. So I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, now I know it doesn't pick Control, but I still don't know yeah. what he picks. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious. Yeah, to finish it, I'll probably finish it tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, just watch that episode. It's interesting, but I do. I think overall, I like Charles's pick definitely. Mm-hmm. I think better. I don't think it's. I don't think it's like he's a man of the people. He's a man of the people. It, it's like again, I love the songs that are super. This kind of goes back into everything I'm saying. Like with my stuff, it's like I love songs that you have to listen to that are super, you know, deep cuts and is interesting and different. And there's a lot going on. But Mad City, simple beat, mm-hmm. it hits. He's just going crazy. It's catchy. Like there's so much story. Like, it's telling a story. It's like. Those are just that you can't deny that. Like you can't deny that that's the that's the song from the project. So totally, I'm yeah, I'm curious to see the last episode when they really go at it. I'm, that's gonna be crazy. I'm like, how do you choose a perfect Kendrick song? Like mm-hmm. the best. I'm like I don't really feel like you could choose. That they haven't even done a, a pimp yet. They're still have to do that, that's that which is be crazy. Insane. Yeah, they're definitely saving that one for like second to last because they know that they're gonna be like. At each other's throat for that. Yes, yes. Because I'm like, if I just think about Pimp right now, I'm like, there's like easily five songs that that could, could be best. Could could be best, and I wouldn't argue with you, you know. So for me, I think off the top of my head, it's got to be all right. Mm-hmm. It has I mean, to be. It's like the heart of the entire project. It is. It is like you can't again. You can't deny the song. Like it sums right. up the album perfectly. But then shoot, you could say like hood politics. You could say yeah, mama. Mama's you could great. say, you could even say, I, I don't. This isn't my favorite song off the album, but you could even say, I off the album too. Like, I is just a great message. It's a great message. It does have themes of that, like, 
but yeah, it has to be all right though. Like it has to be. There's know, a I'm reason. Gonna go look at the track list again and see if anything really, really competes with it. But to yeah. me, like top of my head, all right's the one. Yeah, it might have to be. Yeah, it might have to be. And it's, there's usually a reason when a, when songs are are the biggest off of albums. Not every single situation, but there's usually a reason as to why it was the biggest song. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a reason why people love DNA. People love Father Time. Like, there's reasons for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's time we wrap it up. Sounds good. It's been it's been great talking to you. Who is Jordan? It's been amazing. Just nerding out about music, about your own music, where you at, and talk, which everybody needs to go check out. And just about music in general. Thanks for coming on, man. Shout out to Bo. Shout out to Krista for, shout out Bo, for Krista. introducing us. And uh, yeah, dude, it's just been an absolute pleasure. Yes, sir, man. Again, thank you for for reaching out. Um, it just yeah, letting me come on your pod and talk about some music and chill and and talk about my music and, and all that, man. I appreciate it so much. Of course, of course. Yeah. If I'm ever in Nashville, I'll hit you up. Yeah, come through for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Jordan, who is Jordan? Yes, sir. Great talking to you, man. I'll talk to you Sounds later. good. Sounds good, man. Bye. All right. See you, dude. Bye. I'm not always right, but I know I'm real. I feel like Mike when I look in the mirror. Thank you again for joining me for another episode of On That Note with Parker Whirling. If you haven't yet, please make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts, and you can even leave a comment down below to let me know who you're listening to. On that note, I'll see you guys next time.